Welcome to this week's episode of the Lads Pad Official. The lads hope you enjoy the show, and if you do, then make sure you subscribe. Anyway, let's get on with the show. Hello, guys, and welcome again to the Lads Pad Official Podcast, Episode Two. I just want to start this episode by thanking all of our listeners from Episode One. And we appreciate all the feedback that has come with it. Today's episode is going to be hosted by Anthony. And the main topic of choice for today's episode is mental health. Am I right, Ant? That's correct. Okay. So first of all, we're going to switch it up uh, this week. We're going to start off with uh, some news. Yeah, so um, the past, I think, about a week week ago now, there was um, a video posted online of a... Uh, Premier League footballer um, doing a rapping song uh, with a mask on and no one knows who he is but everyone's got their speculation on who it is. A lot of people were either saying it's Nketia from Arsenal or possibly Zaha from Palace. Um, who do you think it is? Now I've done a bit of research into this <clears> and <throat> I just want to start by saying the balaclava that he's made yeah. look, it looks awesome. I think it, it looks good. It's a good effort. And sure. for a Premier League footballer as well, good rapper. Um, yeah. 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 I think it was good. Uh, listening to some of the lyrics and doing a bit of research as well. A couple of things. Team keeps on winning. Yeah. I can see how that can then link up with Arsenal because you've had a good season this season. Yeah. Every game's like a cup final. You've got Man City on your back. You've got to be playing out your skin. Yeah. You're not getting the results at the moment. But... Well, no, because, but no, I mean, that's one thing that a lot of players have said in interviews after the games and before the games. It's like, this is a cup final, every game's a cup final. So, yeah, it does yeah. look up to Arsenal quite, quite a bit. Uh, the other thing, uh, his name is Diddy, D I D E, yeah. which is obviously an anagram of Eddie, Eddie. for Enketia. Yeah. yeah. And the other thing was being the age of 23. So, yeah, I mean, if it's not him, yeah. I was looking at other English footballers that are of the age 23. You've got Rhys James, mm. Joe Willock, nah. Rhys Nelson. Mm, I can't see it being Rhys, to be honest. Jaden Sancho? Nah. Nah. I, I, I think it's got to be Nketiah. I think it's, I think it's got to be Nketiah because if you look at the other Arsenal players... Like, it's not going to be Saka because I don't think he's the type of person to do that sort of thing. Yeah. And I think it's got to be, I think Nketiah's got to be odds on to be the one that does it, really. Yeah, it's it's quite surprising, though, because when you look at him, I would not expect that voice to come out, if you know what I mean. Yeah, you know, I know when, I mean. when you speak to somebody, yeah, you yeah. can almost imagine what their voice is going to sound like. Yeah. And I would never put the two together no but then if you look at quite a few pictures that people have been posting on him lately like he's sitting in the back of a bentley or like an emo or something and he's got that sort of swagger look about him that he sort of thinks he's a bit of a rude boy yeah so i think i think it could be him i think mean, like i said i think he's odds on to be to be the one but when is he gonna release it as him do you reckon he well i, I saw something on instagram saying if he gets so many subscribers on YouTube, right. then the next song that he's going to release yeah. is going to be without the balaclava on. Right. So, so it so doesn't sound like it's going to go on for long. 
I think people like us yeah. have already gone right. Okay, yeah, it's pretty obvious who it is. Yeah, we might be really surprised, but Maybe. yeah, I, I, I understand why he's done it. But if it is Eddie, then he's done it a bit too obvious. Then, like yeah, if he didn't want people to know it was him and done it like a guessing game or like didn't want to broadcast it as him because it might have been a flop. But what a marketing tool to get onto the scene. Yeah. And yeah, you say it could have been a flop. Mm. Well, if he doesn't get that many uh, subscribers on YouTube, yeah. he don't show his identity and disappears. Yeah. As if nothing happened. Yeah. So it, it, it's worked out either way for him. So I think it's quite a clever move. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. We'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, so I saw something in the news um, last week. <clears throat> that um, with the pyramids in Egypt, there's two new tombs uh, inside one of the um, pyramids that have just been discovered and they haven't been opened in 5,000 years. So they haven't seen any daylight or anything in 5,000 years. And they're only going in them for the first time now. But I find that like, a bit mad that it's taken 5,000 years for them to find this I thought exactly the same. Yeah. And especially when I read what I read online. Yeah. And it was a hidden corridor. Yeah. That was nine meters long. Yeah. That's 30 feet. Yeah. So something that's 30 feet, I wouldn't class that as hidden. It, it, it's pretty big. Even, even with the pyramids as big as what they are. Yeah. 30 feet is a fair distance. It is, yeah. And also, they're saying that they discovered it. Yeah. And it's close to the main entrance. Now, if it's close to the main entrance, what took them so long? Yeah. Surely that's the first place that you're looking for these sort of tunnels and that. Yeah, it's quite I mean, crazy. I, I mean, I know they've got to be careful yeah. on when they're exploring these places. Yeah. They can't do any damage to them. But yeah, it just seems, it seems incredible. 5,000 years and it's taken us. Yeah, to discover it now. Yeah. I mean, I know with like the ocean, the Sahara and that, there's so much of the world that hasn't been discovered. And I understand that because there's so much of it and whatever else. But the, the pyramid is there. It's been discovered. Everyone knows about the pyramid. So I don't understand how it's taken 5,000 years to find this new tomb. Is yeah, it? I, it's I, crazy. It's, it's mad. But I'm interested to see what they find in there because whatever's in there they obviously haven't discovered and it's going to be a bit weird to see what's in there yeah let's just hope it's just not an empty tomb <laughs> it'd be a bit disappointing if it was just, it would be it very disappointing yeah. all, all of the hype over yeah, it it's just empty but then you never know because there could be things they find on the walls new markings that lead to new things and whatever else yeah there's going to be so much stuff that could potentially come out but yeah i'm hoping it's just not disappointing and it's like ah oh, it's nothing there's yeah. nothing here I mean, I've been to Egypt and gone to see them, and yeah. they are incredible. Yeah. And when you look at the size of the rocks that have been put together mm. to build them yeah. all them years ago, it's just amazing to even think how it was possible. Yeah, there was no machines back in oh, the no, days. They're incredible things. Um, they are incredible things. Yeah, um, but yeah, we'll we'll see we'll see what happens. But I just thought it was amazing that they just got discovered after that long. Um, but yeah. I'll, Quite interested to see what what comes out of it and what they can find.
definitely. Any more news for this week? So, just one more for this week. Um, on Sunday uh, this week, there's uh, an emergency broadcast going out on all uh, smartphones. Um, obviously, the government are doing it to test for whatever. Um, they're telling us it's for things like floods and things like that, so they can warn certain areas of the UK. Um, and so it's, I think it's like three o'clock, there's going to be an alarm going off on everybody's phone um, if it's turned on. Um, so just anyone that doesn't know about it, there you go, three o'clock Sunday is going on. <laughs> um, I think it's quite scary though, because what you think of straight away is these alarms, Yeah. World War Three. you think, yeah. Is this us planning yeah. for, right, evacuate? Yeah. Um, but then I, I thought about that. But then I thought when we had the pandemic, when that started, would it have been beneficial to have this system in place before that? Because yeah, then everyone could have got an alert on their phone to say, don't go out. You can do this, you can do that, whatever. That's it, because not everybody listened to the news. No, or and TV or whatever. You're not. You're not always going to be. Yeah, the rules that. change from one day to another. Yeah, and people were supposed to keep up with it. Yeah, exactly. So like, no one knew what was going on left, right, and centre. So if you can get an alert on your phone to say these are whatever. Yeah. Then I think that that might have been beneficial for the before the pandemic. So. And um, when I've been in America as well. Yeah. They have a similar system, and I don't know if they're going to use it for these basis as well. Yeah. But when you're out there. If a child gets abducted or that, yeah, you get a notification on your phone. All right, child's been abducted. Uh, a description about who they are, who they think might have abducted them, well, gives you all of the information. Comes so up that, on your phone. Yeah, because at the end of the day, things like that. Yeah, the first few hours are key to finding oh, yeah. that, yeah, that child are, yeah. again. Yeah. So I think it can be used for good, and I hope it is used for things I, like I that. I hope it's used for good. The only thing I don't want it to be right. Like, I, I don't want it to be overused. <clears throat> I don't want like every week there'd be an alert come up on my phone that tells me about something. Yeah. So I mean, like people get sort of scaremongered by news and whatever else enough as it is. If people start getting a weekly alert on their phone to say something's happened, people are just going to... And something you can't off. control as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you've got your phone on, this alert's going to happen yeah. whether you've got it on silent no, mode exactly. or not. Yeah. And the only thing I wanted to say about it was if anybody out there that, um, has a secret phone hidden away for like domestic abuse or like emergency, like anything like that, mm. then just be aware that this is happening on Sunday because if that hidden phone goes off that someone might not know is there, then it, That's a very good point. it won't be a good thing. Yeah. So just, just for people that maybe have one hiding around somewhere. So um, I think that covers all of the news. Um, so... We'll move on to today's topic. So, uh, as Josh said at the beginning, this week is my turn to host and my choice of topic. <coughs> I had a quite a big think about what topic I wanted to start off with. So, I ended up deciding on mental health because it's something that I have personal experience in, but also it's a very big topic at the moment, uh, more so than I think it has been for quite a long time so I thought that was a good one to to start with yeah and um, me myself I haven't had personal hand experience I've had friends that have suffered from uh, depression and things like that um, so I've done a little bit of research so there is going to be a few questions that I'm going to ask along the way and yes yeah. I just want to 
understand it more on that as well. Yeah. Um, the first thing that I noticed when I was looking it up was mental health is one thing. Yeah. Then mental illness is another thing. Yeah. And the me- mental illnesses are stemmed from the mental health, basically. Yeah. So mental health, as I'm right in understanding, yeah. is the way that you react. Um, it might be socially. Yeah. It might be the way that you do things based on how you're feeling. Yeah. So how your mind's working. And from there stems then the mental illnesses. So depression, yeah. anxiety, yeah. and all of the others that we're obviously aware of. Yeah, so with, with sort of mental health as it is now, it's obviously a much bigger thing now than it ever has been before. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but I think for me, there's a big difference between being depressed and having depression. Yeah. There's a massive difference. And I think people growing up now, when they are in a pressured situation or they're struggling with something or having a down day, down week they, that we yeah, all seem to have, they, they automatically then think, Oh, I might have depression. I might have anxiety issues. I might, you might do, but you also might just be having a bad day. Yeah. Like I think there's a lot of people now that kind of jump on the, the, the bandwagon of the, the, because it's just being brought to the forefront of everything yeah. nowadays. Yeah. It's all about people talking. Yeah. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I'm not saying that. No. But at the same time, where it is advertised so much, yeah. as you said, the word depression is being overused. Yeah. And it's being self-diagnosed. Yeah. And I understand why that might be the case as well, because a doctor is only going to diagnose you over what you say and how you're feeling yes and if yeah. you're showing signs of depression yeah. they will put you as depressed yes yeah um and with with um certain things being so accessible now like uh calming tablets and things like that which which is great for people that need it but then the bad side of it i think at the moment is when someone is feeling a little bit of pressure a bit of stress or they're nervous that that is natural that's yeah. a part of life. Everyone feels like that. Absolutely. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're suffering from anything. Mm. Everyone goes through that. So I think, unfortunately, I think a lot of people are jumping on the bandwagon of the anxiety, the depression, because yeah. they're not used to having just to put up with stress or pressure or something. Yeah. Um, but then I obviously I know the best thing about it at the moment is there are a lot of people that are now talking about it than they were before. Yeah. A lot of people are being diagnosed with it when they need to be. Like there's a lot of positive stuff coming out of it now, which is good. The The main thing I think is that people are talking about it now, men and women, when they weren't before, and it's becoming much more of a visual and sort of branded thing now, which I yeah. think has ha, does have a lot of positives. Okay. Now, with depression in general, I know we're talking about mental health as an over. Yeah. Being, but I know yourself, you've actually suffered from depression, haven't you? Yeah. So with depression, yeah, would you say that everything <clears throat> comes from triggers? Or is it something that 
can just come out of nothing. And when I mean triggers, yeah. I mean worrying about money, mm-hmm. gambling, drinking, drugs, yeah. stress from work. They're all triggers, obviously, of stress yeah. that then brings on the depression. Do you think you can be depressed and not have all of these, any of these triggers? Um, yeah, I think I think so. Yeah, because <clears throat> when so I I now think I had depression for a, a lot longer than what I thought it thought I had it. There was about a year or maybe two where I look back now and I think. I was bad at that point, but I didn't realise I was bad at that point. And it took quite a while for it to sort of sink in and me to actually admit that I did have a problem with it. And there are triggers that trigger anxiety and depression, but I don't think there's anything for me personally that triggered the start of it. Some people might have a life event or they might have things going on or whatever that then curates this depression in them but I don't I can't personally recall a point in time when it start, started happening like yeah. when I when I first sort of admitted about the depression and things a lot of people said oh yeah well it's because of lockdown it was because of the pandemic and whatever else but apart from everything that was going on I actually quite enjoyed the lockdown like <laughs> I, I actually could it was I actually quite enjoyed it um, so for me, it wasn't that because a lot of people said, oh, you didn't have a chance to be social and this and that, but I wasn't before that anyway. Never been a massively sociable person. So, so with that, would you say that you felt like your depression came before COVID? Yeah, yeah, it did. So yeah. do you think that a trigger may have been that you wasn't sociable, that you felt lonely in yourself? that you wasn't socialising with people and that might have been a trigger? Have you ever thought about that? Um, possibly. It's definitely one of one of the things that um, I thought about that might have an effect on sort of the depression. But I think for me, so for me growing up, I always wanted to be the, the person that looked after everybody and was the provider and was the supporting person. Mm-hmm. Everyone came to me to ask for advice and get support, whether it's a friend or whoever it was, they always came to me because I was always the one that was seen as the person who supports someone. Yeah. So growing up and getting a job and doing all this, that and the other for family, that was my goal and that was my my duty I I saw. Um but then when that starts to not happen or problems come up that I think are down to me or I should be the one to do this. I should be the one to do that. Uh, my kids should be having this. My family should be doing this. When they're not doing that, it felt like it all came to me because I was the one that is working, is wanting to be the provider. But then I would then argue that <coughs> probably then your trigger. is <coughs> definitely one of my biggest triggers. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So... For example, if if it's a month where things are tight, which they would be for a lot of people at the moment, and there's an event going on in two weeks' time, everybody is talking about the event, everyone's hyped for the event, but I know I won't be able to pass this in that event. Or one of the kids has got a birthday party to go to in a couple of weeks, 
but I know they won't be able to go. The feeling of missing out or others missing out because I'm not able to provide them with something is a big trigger. Yeah. That's something that hits quite hard. So about just over a year and a half ago, um, I would say was when I was at the lowest point because I didn't like myself. I didn't know who I was. Um, I got to the point where I was even listening to a song on the radio and it was like, do I like this song? Do I not like this song? Am I just telling myself I like this song because I think I should? And you're just reading into everything way too much. Absolutely every single little detail. Mm -hmm. like, do I like this T-shirt I've got on? What T-shirt do I like? You, you, You lose yourself as a person and as an individual and when the depression kicks in you you wake up and this the day before is the same as today tomorrow is the same there's nothing to look forward to there's no excitement there's no energy there's there's nothing it's just it is emptiness because yeah. you just have no feeling about anything and you feel like a failure for people and you feel like a failure for yourself and then you speak to someone about it and it can be quite difficult because a lot of people, when they talk to someone about it, they go, no, you're good at this. You're good at that. You should be, you're fine. You do really well at this. And they give you some like inspirational quotes or they give you some sort of like, oh, if, if, if you ever feel like that, do this. But for me, that never helps because it's kind of just words. And when you're in a dark place with depression, as an example, when someone's saying nice stuff, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Because it, it's, it doesn't mean anything to you. Yeah. Um, you kind of, the, the, the way that I started to help deal with it was when I bought myself a camera. So I have a big passion for photography and it's always something I enjoy it. And I've got that camera and it started to be the case that when I was bad, I would get the camera and I would take some pictures. And then in that moment when I was taking the pictures, was literally the only time that I wasn't having negative thoughts or bad, bad thoughts. And the best thing that came from it was when I started posting things on Instagram. Because it's it might sound silly, but when you're feeling that low and you're feeling that down and you're feeling that crap about yourself, when you post a picture on Instagram of something that you've done, and you get one like, it that one like makes you feel so much better. Yeah, and it makes you feel so much better than someone saying to you an inspirational quote, for example, or something. Yeah, because you get a sense of reward and value for something that you've personally done. So you feel quite, you start to feel a bit good about yourself again. Yeah. Because it's something you've done, you've made this. It's the same if someone like painting, they did a painting and then everyone was like, wow, look at that, that's so good. That painting looks really good. That person will actually start to feel a little bit better about themselves because it's something they've done. Yeah. And I think personally, Talking is fantastic and people should talk about mental health and depression. They should, 100% should. But it's got to be done in the right way because when I had my first counselling phone call, 
um, when for depression a couple of years ago, it just sounded like I was talking to someone that was fresh out of uni reading off a script. Mm. It didn't fit. I wasn't talking to a person. I was talking to someone that was just reading off of a script. So they had to keep questions to ask. And then they scored me out of one to 10 and then gave me the results. Yeah. That's not what people, people don't need, need that. I don't I th think. I think the system is so wrong for how they deal with things like this. Yeah. I had a friend, won't mention any names, um, who was worried because they were suffering from depression. Yeah. And basically one of the main questions that they got asked was, is it making you feel suicidal? Yeah. In which they answered no. Yeah. In which their response back was, yeah. well, we're going to have to put you on a waiting list then. Yeah. Now, yeah. to feel like you need to get to the point where you're suicidal to get help. Yeah. How <clears throat> unwanted must you feel? Yeah. It's another kickback. Yeah. So when I first approached people about getting help for me, um, I it took me six months to get my first counselling phone call. And then it took another... I think two months for actually the scheduled appointments to start. So if someone approaching people and trying to get help for depression, having to wait six months, anything can happen. Crazy. Anything can happen in that six months. Yeah. Like it's, it's ridiculous. There are a lot of websites and places out there that people can go to, to get help. And they are, they are great because they are really good support networks for people. But the only problem I have with them is most of them are the same. Most of them say the same things. Most of them are like the person I switched on the phone that are just scripted and these are key questions, answer it this way and we'll give you your score. I, I don't think that that's not going to help everybody. Yeah. And also I've actually attended uh, with one of my friends yeah. a meeting where they all get together yeah. and talk about their problems how they're feeling and me personally i yeah. don't get me wrong it works for some people yeah and the people that usually run the classes they've come from them places yeah to then being the leader like a success and listening story to and then yeah, exactly yeah. yeah so don't get me wrong i'm not saying it doesn't work yeah but from my experience when i went there mm -hmm. i wasn't suffering with any mental health yeah but I felt like if I was yeah. being there, listening to everybody else's problems mm -hmm. didn't personally make me feel better. No. So I think there isn't a shoe that fits for all. There's not, like no, you said, no. speaking to somebody and you thought that it sounded like they were reading off a script. Yeah. Now for you, you've had a bad experience there yeah. and it's something that didn't work for you. Yeah. But I know a lot of people that will listen to yeah uh somebody like that and they'll they'll take a lot of positives from it and it yeah. will get them back on the right yeah path. because all it takes is for them to ask that person one question and then for them then to go oh i actually haven't ever thought of it in that way or that does make sense yeah like it, it literally can be anything it can be something one person says to them or it can be just one thing that comes up that then helps that person yeah so all the support networks are great but it's fine for me. I think it's finding the one that does work better for you.
Yeah. Because there are people out there that are motivated by people on Instagram that put up motivational posts and they, they put up motivational videos and things like that. That works for some people, which is fantastic. But my my personal experience of it, it doesn't work for me. It kind of made things worse. But it is about finding the best way to help yourself. But the one thing I would say with my personal experience and my, my depression got really bad. I mean, I, I wasn't, I didn't, I didn't want to go out. I didn't want to get out of bed. I, I hated everything about myself. There, there was, there was no, no positives at all in my mind, none. And every single little thing I thought then became a problem. So I would get up, I would find something to wear to go to work. I wouldn't like what I was wearing. I wouldn't like what it was looking like coming to work. I, and then, <clears throat> excuse me, and then I'd be thinking about the job I was doing, but then thinking I'm not any good at it or something. So, <clears throat> excuse me again. So everything kind of, when you're in a bad place, no matter how positive other things are around you, they never seem positive. Yeah. They always seem bad. But the way that I got around that to start with was really finding a way of getting a bit of self-gratitude and finding something that was a bit rewarding for myself to try and make myself feel a bit better and then work on that and build that up. Yeah. Because as soon as you start feeling a bit better about yourself, then you can start working on moving forward and getting out of the really depressed state. The longer you, the longer you stay in that state, the harder it is to get out of it. And I was in it for a bit too long, longer than I would have liked to have been. Well, I wouldn't like to have been it then at all, but it happens. But when you are in that state of depression and people come to you and they say, just think positive, you almost want to laugh at them sometimes because I know they're trying to help, but they, they don't understand how difficult it is to think positive when you're in Absolutely. that state. Yeah. Um, so I know you were saying about um, certain triggers for sort of the mental state and things like that. Yeah. Um, was that something you wanted to touch on a bit more? Yeah. So obviously, as I mentioned before, I've had friends that have suffered from depression and it's been down to uh, drinking, drugs, gambling. Yeah. I know yourself in the past, you've had problems with gambling. Yeah. Uh, I think it's something that you're currently still on the path of mending. It's not a quick fix where you go, right, I'm now no longer a gambler. Yeah, no, um, there's, there's never no sort of quick fix to it. I think with any addiction, I think if people are drinking and they give up the drink, it's not a quick fix. They're going to take quite a lot of time to sort of get over that and sort of mend the patches. Yeah. Um, myself, with so with gambling for me, like like I said with the picture thing, I said like with gambling when you when you are doing it, you get this sense of thrill and excitement that you haven't felt in such a long time, and you don't get it from you feel like you don't get it from anywhere else because for me because. I wasn't being sociable, I was on my own a lot and 
there was times at night when I was by myself like three or four hours and filling that time, feeling in a bad state of mind. And then I'd log on and do some gambling. It was like a bit of freedom and a bit of excitement and a bit of an adrenaline rush. Yeah. But that obviously isn't the right way to get that stuff. And it does have a, have a negative effect on not just yourself, but a lot of other people around you. And it can take over your life and an addiction of any sort, if, if you're depressed or got anxiety or any mental issues, it's probably the worst combination that you can come up with yeah. um, because it, it can have so much damage on, on your life. And as you touched on before, one of your triggers for feeling down was a money side of things yeah. where you felt like you wouldn't be able to go to events. Yeah. Children miss out on kids' parties, things like that. Yeah. And with gambling, it probably was seen as a quick and hopefully easy way yeah. to make the money to be able to do these things. 100%. But as we all know, yeah. it doesn't work like that and it no. doesn't play like that. 100% it was because... Just an example, if, if I put like a tenner on something and then came back with like 200 quid, that 200 quid at that weekend was going on take, like taking the kids out to do something or buying something for someone or like it was going out and doing nice things for people because I knew generally that I sort of couldn't do that as much as I like to. So when I did get money from it, it was like I wanted to make up then for the times that I hadn't been able to do something before. Yeah. So then for me, when I then saw like the kids' faces or people's faces when I was then doing stuff with them from this money that I'd got from gambling, it was like that became an addiction as well. Yeah. Seeing that from reaction from people and seeing them happy about something made me feel like made me feel good about myself because I was the one that was giving them this day out or this thing without then thinking about where it had come from. So when I was looking for that praise or that look of gratitude from people, yeah, I got that by gambling. But then it becomes the bad state of it when you start chasing the money to chase that feeling and that emotion and that the addiction of that feeling you get. And so, the thing is as well, when you have a win, like you said, you might turn a tenner into 200 pounds. Yeah. In the end, 200 pounds isn't enough and yeah. not isn't enough, but you see it as, well, that was easy. I had a tenner a minute ago. Yeah. Now I've got 200 pounds. Yeah. How about if I gamble this two hundred pounds and I can maybe turn it into two thousand pounds? Yeah. And again, we know it doesn't work like that. No, but it doesn't when at all. you're in a gambling state of mind, yeah, that is the only thing that you can be thinking. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> the worst thing that happened to me was years and years and years and years and years ago, like long time ago. Oh, when I went into a casino for the first time, I went in with 20, 20 quid. I didn't have a clue what I was doing. I didn't know what the games were. I had no idea. But I walked out about five hours later after going in with 20 quid and I had 1,200 quid in my pocket. 
And I thought, what the fuck just happened there? Like, what was that? And then you start to think, well, surely it can't always be like that. But then I went back a week later and I won 800 quid. But I wish that I had never won on that first time that I went in. Absolutely. Because that one win then had an effect for such a long time. Yeah. And there are periods of my life when I went years without gambling a penny, like I didn't touch it at all. But it triggered me to gamble when I was depressed because that was when I got that sense of gratitude for things and I got that sense of excitement and enjoyment and rush from doing it. But that was on the good times. When you lose. When you lose. Which is the more frequent. <coughs> much more frequent. depression kicks in. That's when it goes on top of the depression that's already there and it makes it a whole lot fucking worse. Mm. And you might enjoy that time, and I did enjoy that time and feeling when it was good, but I don't want anybody to ever go through the time that when it was bad. Yeah. Because depression on its own is bad enough, but when you add an addiction on top of it, it's fucking awful and it's so hard to get out with the gambling. I've had to ban myself on every single website there is. And I do a, um, a course, um, as well on top of that, which is like a week's course where you talk to people when you do whatever to get through this course. Yeah. And I'm actually getting just as much self, sort of self-praise, I guess, from doing that course than I was by doing the things before. Yeah. Because I can now look at this as a positive thing and something to move forward and for the future and things. Because when I was gambling before and doing, and I was depressed in that before, it was very much that day and tomorrow. Mm-hmm. It wasn't about six months, wasn't about the next year, it wasn't about anything. It was about the then and there, yeah. and doing stuff there but now it's the mindset's changed where it's more like next year the next five years um, yeah. which is, i've never had that outlook before and um, which has changed massively um <clears throat> but i think as well um with the with the gambling side of things for me when you had a tight month and then you like we'd look at the bills list and see what's coming in and out and that before I'd even touch gambling and say we were fine for that month we're like 50 quid up say for the month yeah but then one of the kids needs a new school bag new school shoes and then the dishwasher breaks or something as an example mm-hmm. you're like shit where is that going to come from like, yeah. things are tight for everybody but this is a big expense that's come up where's it going to come from yeah so then you chuck a tenner on and then you try and win because you feel like you need to get it from somewhere where can you get it from i know i chuck a tenner on a football bet or something it might get lucky it might come back and then it's mm. problem solved it's never a problem solved yeah it's just problem worse and when <coughs> you've, you're now a tenner shorter towards that washing machine exactly yeah i mean it, it might you might get lucky your tenner bet might come in and you might afford all that stuff yeah. And then that is problem solved for that day. But then the next time something happens, you'll try and do it again because it worked last time, but it won't work the next time. 
and then you'll chuck another tenner on and then that won't work either and then you start chasing it until you get what you needed but you haven't got what you needed because you chucked 200 quid in to get 200 back mm-hmm. if you're lucky if not you've lost the whole 200 and then you're in a worse position than you were before yeah i want to go back a minute to when you were saying about self-excluding yeah. and uh, coming off of all of the stuff. <coughs> I feel that with betting shops, yeah. with casinos, with this online betting, yeah. for gamblers, yeah. have a sense of responsibility yeah. for the money that they're taking off of people, just as well as what I do feel for and I understand the hospitality market's hard at the moment and that, but yeah. for pubs and things like that, when you've got your local punters yeah. that are in there every single day yeah. and they're spending a lot of money on alcohol, yeah. I feel like there's a sense of responsibility yeah. on their behalf to say enough is enough. Yeah. Drugs I, I... is a bit of a different game because it's an illegal substance yeah. anyway. Yeah. So a drug dealer is not going to feel any sense of responsibility. No. And drug dealers are usually just about what they can get into their pockets. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I totally agree. I, I think when you look at the gambler aware stuff and the drink aware stuff. Yeah. That, in my view, that was forced upon people to put that on their sites or in their shops and in their I totally agree. to advertise it. They didn't choose to do that. It's been forced upon them to do that. And the gambling aware as well. The adverts yeah. that come on TV, when the fun stop stops, it makes sense, it works, but as a gambling shop, yeah. if I owned a gambling shop, would I personally want to put that on there? Yeah. No, but it covers their back yeah. for them when people go, I've lost everything to gambling. Yeah. They can go, well, we advertise when the fun stop stops, and I think it's a, it's a very easy way out. Yeah, I think it is, yeah. And I mean... Um, online gambling sites have put like deposit limits in place and things to like, stop people spending loads. Yeah. But they can change it. Very easily. Like, yeah. And don't get me wrong, I think these things are becoming policed a lot more in the gambling scene. Yeah. You go into a casino now, you bet big, they ask to see proof of income. I think it's the same as online as well. Mm-hmm. If you are betting big, they will ask to see that proof of income. Yeah. But if you are a small gambler, yeah, they won't bother you. No. And again, this might even be a case that somebody doesn't work. They're just claiming yeah, benefits. Yeah, yeah. They're just betting a little bit, but which them, is their benefits. It's but a to lot. them is a lot. Yeah. Exactly. No, uh, so yeah. me personally, I think that there isn't enough policing going on. No. If you want to be ma- making money out of people mm. by setting up gambling sites, yeah. You've got to be held responsible for i think so and i think one of the problems as well is it's so easy to access them all now yeah like when i was gambling i never went into a bookies i didn't do that at all yeah uh, casino very rarely like very very rarely and um, it's all online because it's so easy to access them you make an account you upload a bit of id you if you have reached your deposit limit on that side create an account on thousands of others at websites yeah and the thing is as well not to put ideas into your head (laughs) but i've heard of people before that have suffered with gambling problems yeah and what they've done is they've asked to use other people's accounts so that they can fill that void they've they've banned themselves they've banned their name from being able to gamble yeah yet 
they will go to their friends and say, look, can you set up a, an account? Yeah. What I'll do is I'll deposit the funds into the account. Yeah. I just want to use it for gambling. But I mean, I mean how, can get, uh, how can the sites and that police that? It's impossible. I mean, I, I think that the whole idea of that kind of stuff is just mental because you, you surely could get done for like money laundering or anything like that if it gets like a ridiculous amount. Like, yeah. But it's crazy. But I think... I mean, they're taking all sports betting adverts off of football kits and stuff now, aren't they? Yeah. Which is which is great. But I think there needs to be some better verification thing online. And in the shop, in the bookies now, because um, we work with someone whose wife works in the bookies, she said that the minimum spin or stake or something on machines has gone like down a lot. So, but why isn't that online as well? Like yeah. online, you can do up to like 20, 50 quid like per spin on a slot machine. Yeah. Like, that's a ridiculous amount of money. And for someone that might have a bit of money, but that's young, don't really know what they're doing, like that's a mental amount of money to be spending. It is. Yeah. Like, within half an hour, if you're doing that kind of money per spin or per whatever, 100 quid on a roulette spin, that's going to disappear in seconds, all that money. But why are they not putting limits on how much people can spend each whatever online yeah it it can be policed so much better but they make too much money these sites and people to absolutely and i'm not putting the blame on them because at the end of the day their businesses just like pubs are businesses yeah just like we work for a business yeah and they're there to make a profit at the end of the day yeah and as a bookies they are risking money Mm by paying people out as well if their yeah. bets do come in. Yeah. So yeah. we know the bookies always wins. Yeah. But they are still risking at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so going sort of like an overview of it. So for me personally, like I obviously didn't realise that I had these issues for quite a long time. And then I got into a really dark place where I didn't think I was good enough for anybody or anything um, felt awful about myself and got into a really, really dark place where at one point I thought everyone else would be better if I just wasn't around because I was an inconvenience to everybody and just wasn't worth it. But, and then with the gambling things, I had, had an addiction to that, which has obviously had an effect on a lot of stuff, but on the flip side of it, like now, I think it's like, uh, what is it, 36 days today where I haven't touched anything gambling-wise. I, I am starting to feel more positive in my mindset. Well um, like I'm playing more cricket, I'm doing more photos, like I'm doing a lot more enjoyable stuff. That's and, it, and it's keeping yourself busy as well. Yeah. It's, it's, them, it's them gaps where you would pick your phone up yeah. and do a spin on a slot machine. Yeah, that you then need to fill that with something else. Yeah, but as soon as it sounds, it can literally be speaking to the person that's laying or sitting next to you, or playing a game that isn't gambling related. Yeah, or drawing, or writing, or cooking—literally anything. It can be anything. Going for a walk, whatever it is, it doesn't matter what it is, as long as yeah. it helps, and. If anyone's feeling in a place where they are feeling in a, like they're in a dark place, trust me, because I didn't think 
it was possible, but there is a way out of it and there is light at the other side because I, even though I've had a bit of support from here and there, the majority of it has had to be me that sorted it out in my head myself. And I appreciate all the help I have got from people, but a lot of it is down to you to make steps to sort it out because yeah. no one actually can do it for you. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, and when I've ever spoken to my friends, if they've ever felt down and that I've always been near to listen, listen to them and listen to them without judging as well. Yeah. If you can have that friend that can be there for you, yeah. that can listen without judgment. Yeah. I think that's what you need sometimes. A hundred percent. Having a support network around you can help so, so much. Yeah. It can be family. It can be friends. It can be yeah. partners. And with these websites as well now that can help you with mental health, they have like forums or they have WhatsApp groups or they have chats, live chats. Like there's loads of people there that can help you or just so if you're feeling crap and you want someone to talk to you but you don't want to talk to a family member or a friend because you're feeling ashamed or whatever else it is, there are websites where you can go on and you can talk to people that are anonymous, you don't know, they don't know who you are and you can just be honest with them. Yeah. You you have no guilt or worry about it because these people don't know you they never know who you're going to be who you are so you can open up to them if you want to so there okay. is help out there for, for people uh, thank you ever so much for opening up about everything Cam. Um, no, no we really appreciate it just one <clears throat> last point yeah on this topic yeah before we go on to our fish finger sandwich yeah <laughs> and that is the controversial andrew tate Right. He made a statement that he cannot possibly get depressed but because he doesn't believe in depression. What do you think about that? That's bullshit. Because anybody can get depressed. Anybody can get depression. Anybody can get anxiety. Even if you don't believe in it. Even if you don't believe in it. Because it's not a choice. You don't choose to have it. You don't choose to get anxiety. You don't choose to get depression. It's just something that happens, whether it's a life event or a combination of things, whatever it is, it might hit you, but you don't choose it. You don't go into yeah. the doctors and say, I'll have depression today, please. Like, if he doesn't believe in it, it's his choice, but he might get it, but he might not. Like me, I didn't realise I had it for like two years. There might be people out there now that don't know that they have depression, like they, they might have had it for six years and then they don't know. But do you think he may be talking about that where I've spoken about there being triggers? Yeah. A lot of people, a lot of the time, they stay in the depressed state because then triggers they don't deal with. A lot. Whereas in his mind, yeah. he might think if anything brings me down, if anything causes me any stress or anxiety, yeah. what I'm going to do is I'm going to hit that head on eliminate it eliminate it yeah and that way i cannot be depressed in a, in a way uh, yeah i can understand that but like when he was in prison for that time it's something out of his control yeah like things happen life events happen like yeah. you can't always stop something from hitting you in in any way 
Yeah. Like, you, you can go out on the street this afternoon and see something really awful happen, that's, and that's out of your control, but that's going to stay with you for a long time. Yeah. And that will affect you in certain ways. It is then to you to how you deal with that and cope with it, but it's not always in your control. So I, I, I know what he's saying and I get what he's saying, but whether you choose to have depression or mental health issues or mental illness, you, you don't choose to have it. I didn't choose to have it, but it can happen to anybody. Yeah. Well, as I said, thanks again and for opening up. No, it's no worries. I feel like we could have spoken for another 40 minutes yeah. about this. And at some point, we may touch on the subject yeah, again. Definitely. It'd be great to see yeah. how that you're getting on with the gambling side of things and that as well yeah. and how you are feeling I mean, uh, moving forward. For me as well, like I never thought I'd do this podcast, let alone actually do one that was talking about this topic and yeah. that. So for people that... Like I said, they're in, a, in that dark pace position at the moment in their lives. It does get better and you can work it out and you can overcome it. So just, just keep going and make sure you talk to people. So moving on to Fish Finger Sandwich, you should have two for us this week. Because I, I do have. Either. And you know what? We need to make a jingle for this as well. We do need to fish make a jingle. Fish Finger Sandwich. Yeah, we do need it's to, got make, to have a jingle. Yeah, Fish Finger Sandwich. <laughs> we, have, we do have to make one. So my... Go Shall on. I do one, you do one, and then I'll do my last? I didn't know I was supposed to bring one this week because you did. You were doing two because you failed last week. Oh, right. Okay. Okay, yeah. That's fine. Right, my first one, yeah. unfortunately, isn't going to be one that you like. Go on. And it's got to be Bakaya Saka missing the penalty against West Ham. The reason but, for uh, that is because if you guys don't turn up against City, yeah. that has cost you the league, potentially. Um, it was a big penalty. It was a and big penalty. I would have uh, yeah, been penalty. holding my head in shame going back into that changing room. Yeah. Uh, after the game. So, yeah, yeah. unfortunately, that is my first big right, sandwich. Enough. Can we move on to the next one? Then? <laughs> my second one yeah. is Sakir Starmer, the Labour leader. Right. Uh, to even call him Sir, I mean, they must be, <laughs> gi- they must be giving these titles out of uh, cornflake packages nowadays. Yeah. Because, yeah, it's just embarrassing. Obviously, we've got the um, elections coming up. And working in marketing, I understand that with marketing, you want to draw attention to people. But the way that they've made their adverts for people voting for Labour rather than Conservatives... These are a couple of the posters. God, I, haven't, I haven't seen these. So. This is what they've aimed at Rishi Sunak. Right. Not the Conservative Party. At him. But at him. Right, okay. So the first one. Do you think thieves should be punished? Rishi Sunak doesn't. Now, I, I'm I'm guessing yeah. that he does want them punished. I'm guessing so, yeah. <laughs> but their argument is that only 180 of the 4,500 thefts a day, we'll mm. see someone charged this year. Right. Now, yeah, we can put more police on the streets and things like that. Yeah. But it's a very, I don't even know how to describe it. It's not the right way of doing it, if you know no, what I mean. No. The second one, do you think adults convicted of sexually assaulting children should go to prison? 
Rishi Sunak doesn't. Well, that's one of their adverts. That is one of their adverts. It's ridiculous. And their last one is, do you think an adult convicted of possessing a gun with intent to harm should go to prison? Rishi Sunak doesn't. Now, I don't know if there's more posters out there. Yeah. yeah. But just them ones <laughs> alone, it just goes to show the kind of voters Labour must be looking to, to get. They're either... It, it, based on the posters, I'm yeah. not saying if you vote Labour, you're yeah. an idiot, yeah. but based on if you were looking to see who you wanted to vote for in this upcoming election yeah. and you're voting on the basis of them posters, you're either childish or an idiot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, what a thing to put on an advert about like children and guns and. I... But I mean, it's just the government in general. Banksy summed it up in one of his pictures yeah. where there were all monkeys yeah. in the Houses of Parliament. Yeah. When you watch them on TV, all they're doing is arguing and like throwing throwing each other under the bus. Yeah, yeah. And you, you think these are the people <laughs> trying to run our country. Yeah, I mean it's I mean it, you can't compare the two, but just an example, like when um was it Marks and Spencers and Aldi had a bit of a fight and lawsuit about one of the cakes, the caterpillar or something, wasn't it? Yeah. But MS kicked up a fuss about it and then Audi have just had absolute complete banter with them over social media about it. And it's just been hilarious. They've done it so well. Yeah. But it's not bitchy or anything like that. They've just played on it. And it's that's then turned into a positive marketing stunt for both of them. Like but then when you got the political side of the parties and that when they just slagging each other off we don't we don't right we don't want to hear you slag off the other person we don't want to hear you we want to slag this we want to we want you to have difference of opinions but we want you to deal with it in a debating way yeah yeah explain your point yeah. listen to their points yeah come together and tell run the country sort this shit out absolutely like, don't tell us how this person's not doing it tell yeah. us how you are going to do it yeah yeah so unfortunately saka sakir starmer <laughs> Hang up your boots. Fair enough. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> fair enough. A couple of good sandwiches this week. So next week we'll be looking at recording on Thursday morning, but Arsenal play in Man City Wednesday night. So depending on how that goes, depending on how the recording goes next week. Um, but so next week... Sack of fish finger sandwich two in a row, do you reckon? I don't, I don't, I don't want to talk about it yet. We'll, we'll see how it goes. We'll see. So next week it will be your turn to host with your topic. So looking forward yeah. to that. Um, but we'll we'll be um, getting some stuff posted on social very soon for see what's coming up next week. But thank you everybody again for tuning in today. Until then, thanks for listening, guys. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. For Facebook and Instagram, it's the Lads Pad official. For Twitter, it's the Lads Pad OFCL. Thanks again. Bye bye.